This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday's sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Welcome back. We're so glad that you're here today. This morning, uh, we're kind of enjoying some Rainy weather, John. Another storm is coming our way. Yeah, what is it with Colorado, man? I mean, this is, I, I understand that you expect this to a point, but this is ridiculous. To a point. I know, I know. Yesterday it was like 78 was the high. I don't know. It was close to 80. Yeah, and then today it's going to be like, uh, it's supposed to snow six inches and... <laughs> right. Oh, man. It just never, it never ends. But you know what? Uh, I always joke that I love the rain. You know, my wife always makes fun of me because I'm always running. I don't like it touching <laughs> right? me. Though. Yeah. I like, you just like it outside. I like to look at it. I like the smell of it. Uh, I don't like it to touch me though. So um, <laughs> I, I think I always say I'm like a cat. <laughs> You're so funny. It's like, it's like you are sit, like a cat. Yeah. I like to sit in the window and watch it rain. Yeah. Maybe go on the porch, but then uh, that's it. Except for you don't like jumping down from high places or yeah. anything remotely dangerous. That's right. Yeah. So I'm a very safe, a risk averse cat. A risk averse cat. Yeah. Old. Yeah. That's a kind of my life story. But anyways, speaking of uh, cats, uh, we're talking about faith and doubt. Oh, all right. A, Perfect segue. There, it's a John. terrible segue. But uh, yeah, we're, so we're still in the, the series Faith and Doubt. Uh, we promise, are. The Promise Keeper is, is the sermon title this Sunday. Yeah. And basically it's just about how, how God's still going to continue to keep his promise, even when we kind of mess up. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. And not to be confused with Promise Keepers, the organization with which is, I guess, even having an event pretty soon here. It's kind of resurging again. That's kind of cool. But, um, but yeah, not not to be confused with that. But God is the promise keeper. That's why the word "the" is in front of it. You the know, the ultimate promise keeper. The ultimate promise keeper. Well, you talked about something when you introduced your sermon yesterday with a, a cool topic. I thought um, you talked about snowplow parenting. Yeah, and how sometimes parents will come in and you know just kind of remove all obstacles for their kids. And I totally get that because yeah. I'm kind of like. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit like that in some ways, especially when it comes to injuries. And you know, I don't want them, to, my kids, to ever get hurt ever right. in their life. Uh, but there is some benefit to suffering and hurting and all that kind of stuff. And uh, why do you think there is that that benefit in building character and maturity uh, just by going through difficult things? You know, why why do you think that happens? Why does God use those situations? Yeah, I mean, the Apostle Paul talks about it in Romans five, right? And he talks about you know, uh, uh, affliction is the word that's used. You know building character basically. And, and the half brother of, of Jesus, James, he talks about it too in, in, in his epistle in the new Testament that, that, you know, when you go through trials of all kinds is how James puts it, that it, that it builds character in you. And it, and it's, uh, and I think it's really important. My, you know, growing up, my stepdad used to always, you know, something bad would happen. I'd scrape my knuckles working on the car and, you know, whatever, do so, something wouldn't go right. And he builds character, you know, that, and yeah. I used to kind of get mad at him about it, but he wasn't wrong. Wait, John, you're, I'm you're, not sure I'll say he's right, but he wasn't wrong. You're, you were working on your car. I, yes, I, don't they have mechanics for that? I, yeah. I can't afford mechanics, Johnny. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a pastor. Yeah. I don't, I don't um, work on cars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can, you know, so I've, I've, yeah, but it does. It builds character. And I think, I think we do a disservice to our kids. We do a disservice to people in general when we, we begin to uh, try to just remove obstacles. There's a book called When Helping Hurts um, that talks about kind of that kind of thing, especially as it relates to certain uh, things in dealing with poverty and, and those kinds of things. Sometimes, you know, we want to help in ways that actually helps, you know, long-term kind of help. 
not not ways that um, actually stunts growth. And you know, you know, a lot of people over the years have used the whole caterpillar butterfly thing, and I it's love, a I was struggle. Just about that, yeah, yeah, it's a struggle. The caterpillar to get to break out of the cocoon, right? And the struggle is part of how it becomes the butterfly. And and so we see God's example of that in nature. We see that in I think we see that in real life. You have kids who have not had struggles in their life grow up to be jerks and brats, and you know all those kinds of things um, because they th- they feel entitled or, or or whatever because everything's always been given to them. They've never had to work for anything. All the obstacles have been removed. So snowplow parenting, yeah. And, not, and I think we're all tempted thing. to do it as parents. I think even not, not just as parents sometimes too, it's even as friends and, and such. Well, well, I have a friend of mine that's going through a hard, very hard time. Yeah. And it's so hard to, to see them suffer. And you want to do something or you want to give them that advice. Like, oh, here's what you need to do. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes as parents, we do that too. We, here's what, let me remove that from you. Let me, let me, uh, you know, stop the pain. Yeah. Do what I can to stop it. And the reality is, is sometimes you just can't and they have to, they have to just sit in it and figure out what they can do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, obviously you do what you can do, but yeah. then at some point you just got to say, God, I'm just going to sit through this and. Yeah. And, and I think that's really hard because I think we all have a heart and want to want to help people and see people succeed. Um, but the reality is that that and some of them and sometimes some people won't. I got a little brother and I love him to death. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if he'll ever work his way out of the hole he's dug himself. You know, he may not. But I know that there is it's actually literally impossible for me to get him out of that hole. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I don't I don't. There's no amount of money. Or, or no, no amount of whatever, at some point he's got to make the decision. I don't want to be here any longer. I got to do what's necessary to get out of here. Yeah, and, it's hard to find and, that balance yeah. too. When to- yeah. So, you know, you give somebody 20 bucks in the street corner and okay, but you really haven't done anything. Yeah. I mean, you, you may have maybe put food in their belly for, for a few hours. That's about it. Yeah. But they still at may. best. Yeah. But they really, you know, I, like you said, I have a situation too, where it's like, oh man, come yeah. on, you know, and you do what you can do. And it's hard to watch. It's hard. Yeah. And it's hard to, to not help. But there um, are butterflies, can, but there are butterflies, but there are butterflies. And that's the point that there are butterflies. So, so sometimes the struggles and going through those things. And again, it's not, a, it's not guaranteed, but, but there are a lot of times when people go through those struggles, it builds character they do come out better. and they, they, they become butterflies, yeah. right? They, they succeed um, on some level. I think, you know, just kind of to finish your analogy on the butterfly, uh, the reason why the struggle is important is because it pushes the when they're resisting coming out of the cocoon, it pushes the fluid into their wings, which yeah. helps them to, to, you know, yeah. be they beautiful. Need the they need to do it. Yeah. You, you helping them out. It's not going to, it's going to hurt them. Um, hey, I have a deep question for you, John. A deep question. Oh, no. uh, we're, getting, we're getting theological here on you. All right. You ready? I'm ready. I think. So, you know, we have, we have plans, you know, God has, God has plans. And sometimes the problem with God's planning is <laughs> the problem we get God's in plan. the way. Yeah. Okay. We kind of ruin it. Or okay. we can try yeah, to. Sure. And there's a, there's a, you know, we see that with Sarah, uh, the promise right. keeper and Sarah, you know, that was promise was, I'm going to give you a child. They kind of went against that plan. Yeah. Um, but, but can we change God's plan? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, and it is, it, it deals with, with, uh, God's sovereignty, right? Is God sovereign? Uh, it deals with human free will. Um, you know, what, what does free will look like and that kind of thing. Um, so I think, I think it is, it is a deeply theological question and one that not, not everybody agrees on in, in the world of Christian theologians, eggheads, you know, Christian eggheads, we'll call them. Yeah. Um, you know, the ivory tower types. Are you an egghead? Uh, Maybe a little bit. I I do enjoy. You want to be an egghead. 
You know, so I it's don't not like time. a bad. It's not a bad thing. No, it's, it's not something you desire. I, I wish I had time to do it. Yeah. To be honest with you, like if I could just have my nose in books all the time and learn, I would love that. But I don't think God God hasn't put me in a place in life where I can do that. Yeah. But but I, I really love those who do, um, and the resources that they give us. But yeah, so a lot of people really disagree about this. Um, and, and, and the relationship between free will and God's sovereignty. And so we look and go, did, did Sarah ruin God's plan? Well, I think if you think about the story as a whole, he, she really didn't. God still accomplished his, his, his purposes and his promises, right? But he gave room for, that, for, for Sarah and Abram, Abraham to make choices in the midst of it. And so, well, it might not have been the choice that God wanted them to make, like in a perfect world, which is we don't live in because ours is impacted by because sin, right? And, and we are living yeah. in this world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, you know, it's kind of like that old saying, if you find a perfect church, don't go there or you'll ruin it. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, you know, but, but it's kind of that, that thing where, where God still accomplishes his perfect, so his, his purposes. So we cannot we can, we, God does, gives us freedom to make choices, but we are not capable of making choices that stop God from accomplishing his plan. And I think that's really important. That speaks to God's sovereignty and his ability to, to both give us free will on some level and, but still accomplish, uh, what he sovereignly needs to accomplish in the course of history and, and, and sometimes on an individual level, even in our lives. And so, so he, he does give us free will, but our free will has been impacted by sin. Romans three talks a lot about that. And that's pretty, pretty important too, to how, how has that happened? You know, Romans three, Paul quotes a bunch of old Testament texts that says things like there's no one righteous. No, not one. There's no one who seeks God, all of sin and fall short, short of the glory of God, those kinds of things in Romans three. And, and so there's this, this impact of sin on our free will. So it is not. I would argue anyways, it is not a libertarian free will. In other words, it is not an unimpacted free will. It's a, it's a free will that's impacted by sin. And that matters a lot. Um, it tends to skew us. It skews us. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And so, and so, yeah, so God accomplishes his purposes. We are not capable of ruining God's plans because he is sovereign, but God does allow us the freedom uh, to make choices that are ungodly. And that, and that do not go along with how he would prefer that we live. But God is sovereign. He accomplishes what he needs to accomplish. Pretty impressive, actually, when you think about it. Because it's hard, it's hard to accomplish anything, right. uh, especially, especially when you add people to the mix. Right. Like, I can almost accomplish anything on my own. But if you say, hey, I want you to accomplish this, and then also you got to use these people. Right. I'm like, oh, man, yeah, it's right. going to be so You're much right. harder. You know? And the reality is, is God still does it. And he, yeah. you know, he'll find other ways. You know, he'll make it happen. Um, and then you know, he'll, he'll even – and the cool thing is, too, is he'll sometimes even use the bad that we've done for good in the end. Like well, he'll still – Turn it around and, and I and think that's it. right. And I think that's the point when it comes to affliction and trials that, that Paul and James talk about and, and experiencing those is for Abraham. He had to go through those things. Sarah had to go through those things. They had to kind of make some of those, their own choices and recognize that they are incompetent. They are the ones who are incompetent and they are the ones who are impotent when it comes to this grand scheme of things. Not God. He still accomplishes his purposes, mm. but we are the ones who are incompetent and impotent. And, and, and so that's, that's what we need to recognize is, wow, we need, we need God. We need his sovereignty because, you know, what, what do they say? The road to hell is paved with what? Good intentions. Good intentions. Yeah. Right. And so, and it's unintended consequences and all of those things, the realities. And the reason there are unintended consequences is because we can't see them. Mm. 
That's that we, you know, oh, I'm going to do this. It's going to be great. I'm going to help all these people. And then there's all these unintended consequences. And, and there's, there's a great um, documentary that talks about this when it, in relation to missions. And, and I can't remember the name of it, but I'll, I'll post it in the show description. Um, but basically it's a documentary that goes and, and talks about how these mission organizations and, and mission organizations have gotten a little bit smarter, but they'll go into these places and, and they just, Hey, we're going to give, we're going to give away water or, or something, or we're going to give away whatever it is. And so they go and they give all these things, but there were all these little businesses that were starting to, to do that in a different way. And, and when the missions organization gives for free, what these businesses were, were going to charge for, now you've got people who are unemployed, for instance, because they no longer have a job. And, and these companies that were starting to, to grow and, you know, and, 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 um, make the economy better so that it Which lifts happened. all people. Now those are gone. And now, now everything's free and you've got more jobless people, more poor people, unintended consequences. Yeah. You, you met the need, but you didn't, you met the immediate need, but yeah, you yeah. harmed them for the long, t- long Could run. Be, yeah. And a lot of mission organizations are getting better at, at, at figuring out how do we go in and do that in a better way that, that lifts the economy, but also provides a need. And, and, and some of them are getting really okay. good at that. Well, some people disagree with that. You think they say, oh, no, we should still go in there and, and I mean, I guess some people would you know. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's selfish. It's, it's, you know, uh, well, sometimes I mean, I know it's selfish, mean. but yeah. it, you know, it's, it's, I just, I just want to feel good because I, that I'm helping somebody. And so we go and we help in a way that's not really helpful. Well, I think sometimes too, I mean, you know, I, I can see both sides of the, the coin. I can see, you know, you do want to meet their, their physical need right away, obviously. Yeah, of course. But, um, and we should some, and there are ways, but there are ways to do it like a short term and even do it short term. Well, yeah. to, to do it short term, but also to do it in a way that, that has long-term in, yeah, you know, yeah. impact. It's almost like parenting, you know, you don't yeah. want to, you know, you don't want to fix the immediate need right now without, with, and sacrifice the, the long-term benefit in the end. Yeah. Well, when it comes to parenting, I always say things like, you know, I'm, I'm not raising children. I'm raising adults because my goal is adulthood. Yeah. Right. My goal isn't children. I don't want my kids to remain kids. I want to become, you know, good, godly adults. That's my goal. So I'm raising adults. I'm not raising children. Mm-hmm. You know, they happen to be children right now, but they're going to be adults. Yeah. One of these days. Yeah. One of these days, John. God willing. You're getting close. You're getting I'm, I'm getting close, man. Yeah. But I see the light. I can see something coming your way. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you talked about, you know, just kind of the, the, you know, how we are, we are skewed a little bit. We have this yeah. flesh in us, you know, mm-hmm. that, that does desire to do Simple things, or even with good intentions, but still not quite what God would want. And you, you had said something about, and I may be misquoting you, so feel free to correct me. Yeah. You mentioned that anything we do is being done in our flesh. Yeah. And it kind of sounds that we, you know, like we can't do anything apart from our flesh. I mean, right. it's always going to be there. Yes. But how do we do anything that is pleasing to God? Yeah. Well, my point is, is not that, not that everything that we do is wrong or bad but that we are incapable of doing uh, godlike things because we're purely flesh. purely yeah yeah and so we everything we do is in the flesh that doesn't mean god doesn't empower us or or work through us in the midst of that that doesn't mean that everything that we do as a physical human being is wrong or bad although that word is often used negatively most often used negatively flesh. in scripture yeah the word uh-huh. flesh um the greek word is is, is sark um but it's 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 used it's used in a negative way but, but if we are to, if we do things, you know, um, Galatians five talks about walking according to the flesh and walking according to the spirit. And that would be a really good thing to read this week. If you, if you, if you want, because it, it referred, that's, we went there and it talks about, 
um, Isaac and Ishmael. And we, we talked about, we took a couple verses out of Galatians five on, on, on Sunday, but, um, but, but this idea, when you walk according to the flesh, especially a fallen sinful flesh, the signs of that are pretty clear and, you know, sexual immorality and drunkenness and all these different things. It lists all these things, right? The signs of the spirit, we have the fruit of the spirit in, in, in Galatians five, right? You know, um, um, love, joy, peace, you know, all, all the patience, kindness, goodness, yeah, yeah. All, all those things. And so, and so. Or do we do we completely leave the flesh behind and in other in other words become non-flesh beings when we do that? No, we're still in the flesh and that we're flesh beings doing good things, but we're walking according to the spirit, the spirit of God and God's empowerment to do so in us, if that makes sense. That's the you know, that's the beauty of living, you know, living in a sinful world essentially. It's it's a beautiful, you know, to have the spirit. And yeah. you still live in the flesh. I mean, it's a beautiful, it's not like a, it's a beautiful contrast. Yeah. You it, know, one day we're going to have the contrast, but it's nice to wrestle. It's nice. I love it when, and I always say this on Sunday mornings when we're worshiping. Yeah. I love to see sinful people raise, you know, people who are worshiping who, God, worshiping God. Yeah. Because it, you know, we, we do have that fight. We do have that battle. We, we, we get to, we have to resist and put down the, the desires of our sinful nature and try to walk more in the spirit. Right. And it's cool to see that happening. Yeah, it is cool to see that happening. And that, and that's kind of the whole point. Right. And so, so my, my suggestion, I was not trying to suggest that we cannot do anything good because we are physical beings. That would be a heresy. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and that would be bad. bad. Right? Her- heresy, so heresy bad. is bad. Okay. We don't want to, we don't want to say that. Um, because actually God created a physical world that was good. And, and as a matter of fact, said it was very good right after he created hum- human beings. So flesh itself is, is certainly not bad. It's not at all. But what we need to recognize is that, is, is that the reason we can do things is God's grace in this, in a sinful and fallen world. And the reason we're, we're, we can do things even, uh, in our flesh, so to speak, is because of God's work through us. Mm. So we need to be tapping into that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, you talked about, obviously re- you want to remove the bad things in our lives. You know, we want to constantly be sure, getting rid of that kind of stuff. That's the easy part. That's yeah. the easy one. Is it? The, uh, I guess it's easier, well, you know, it's yeah. easier than the next one. Yeah. Cause, uh, yeah, you know where I'm going. Don't you? Yeah. Uh, why'd you recommend that we remove some good things? Yeah. And that's the hard thing, right? Is cause, cause a lot of times we think, oh, well, it's good. I don't want to, I don't want to remove that. Yeah. This is- um, but we have to make choices. And we can't do everything. And so the good is, or, or the, you know, I, there's a couple different, couple, couple different ways to think about it. Right. The, 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 uh, the perfect is the enemy of the good. And, and sometimes we talk about that in the sense of, well, I, I can't, if I can't do it perfectly, I don't do anything. So I don't do anything good. Right. But that's a different kind of thing. So sometimes, sometimes we, the good becomes the enemy, enemy of the better. We'll put it that way. Okay. And so, and so perf- perfection is a nice goal, but we, we don't really get there this side of eternity. Right. But, but the Speak good can for yourself, John. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you ball guys like to brag about your perfect heads, but yeah. I just, I just got news for you. It's, it's not, not true. Not so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, uh, where was I going? What was I, I thought, talking about? You talked about how perfect is the, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll never be perfect in our lifetime. Yeah. We're not going to be, but we, but a lot, we can have a lot of good things in our lives that become the enemy of what is better or best for best for us as far as we can attain what is best. And so, and so a, a good example uh, might be, well, I can do a lot of good things. I can fill my schedule with a lot of good things. Right. 
But what happens is sometimes, for instance, I can fill my, fill my schedule with my kids' baseball games. I can fill my, ske- my schedule with um, working out. Working out's good. I can fill my schedule with work. I don't have a choice on that. Um, although that's good too. Um, uh, I can fill my schedule with uh, whatever, maybe a good hobby of some kind, like, uh, not like collecting comic books. Cause that's ridiculous. That's, a great but, that's not good. That's, uh, a better, that's a better hobby. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, whatever it is, you know, whatever your, whatever your hobby is, I can fill my schedule with that. And all of a sudden you fill your, your schedule with all these good things that offer things to you. you they offer you a peace of mind, a way to deal with stress, physical health, uh, whatever. And all of a sudden you, you look at all those things and you go, wow, there's something missing. What's missing oh, my spiritual life's completely absent. I'm not spending time in God's word. I'm not praying. I'm, I'm not uh, going to church, those kinds of things. And all of a sudden you're, you're taking things that are good and they're choking out what is better, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so, and so for us, for instance, one of the decisions that, that we've had to make with, with Joe is that he has baseball. Well, baseball practice on Wednesdays often goes from five 30 to seven 30 makes it so that if he was to stay at baseball, he can't go to youth group. And so, so we've made the decision with Joe and we've said, we've said you can go to baseball practice, but we're leaving at six 30 to go to go to youth group. And I've told this coach about it and, and those kinds of things. So we set a priority, right? So we're giving up something good baseball. It's good. Mm-hmm. I want him to be involved in baseball. I want him to have an act activity in his life and, and you know, something physical and, and something he enjoys and helps him deal with stress. And he's not doing schoolwork hundred, hundred. I mean, you're wearing percent that, of the time. You're wearing the Minnesota twins. I am wearing right Minnesota now. twins. Now, now there are better teams than that. Uh, oh, I hear, I hear see, that, but see what I just said, uh, see, see what I just did there. Yeah. Who's better? The Rockies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Never okay. Mind. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we, we are not a sports podcast. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Hashtag. We are not a sports podcast. Anyways. Um, so we, you know, so we fill our schedule with things, but we've got to make decisions. We can't have everything. Mm -hmm. So Joe's got to give up some baseball because it, because youth groups so important. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I was thinking about successful people, Yeah, you know, and obviously worldly, say worldly success or even spiritually, but let's Mm -hmm. go with worldly people who are sure in business or whatever. I mean, we do, we all have 24 hours in a day. Mm -hmm. They don't get any more. That's right. You know, so they have just learned to prioritize this is how much sleep I'm going to get. This is how much time I'm going to work on this. This is how much, you know, they, they, they just prioritize their different by good, you know, better and best, you know, and and so there's time. And I would, not push back, but alter, alter an alternative perspective on that, I think, and, and go according to their values, right? Because I, I know we can make decisions to make more money. Sure. A lot of us. Um, you know, the truth is, uh, you know, ministry is not exactly, exactly lucrative, at least not if you do it the way God intended it to be, I, I think. Um, that doesn't mean you're dirt poor necessarily, but- uh, I don't think that's true either. Um, but you'll never be in, you're not going to be wealthy yeah. or rich or, or anything like that from being a pastor, for example, you you might do okay, but you're not going to be wealthy or rich. Um, well, okay. But I've made a decision, right? I and mean, my decision is that, that, that wealth is not, not my highest priority. And, and people in the secular world can do this too. You can decide if you are a, uh, a lawyer or a doctor or, um, something like that. And you can say, well, I could, I could make more money by going here and practicing in this way. But because I value my, say I value time with my family and that would take away from that. I'm actually choosing not to become successful in the world's yeah. eyes for the sake of my family or something like that. 
And so, so it depends on what best, you know, what you think best is. Sure. And I feel like a lot of people can be really wealthy, but not really have chosen what, what's best. Yeah. I think the point is that, that we do, we all have the same amount. Let's prioritize. Yes. Like you we, said, we prioritize according to our values. Yep. That's that, a very important thing. Um, actually, yeah, I would argue that a lot of people who do are wealthy are still pretty are yeah. hurting because their values yeah. are a little bit out of, out of whack. Yep. But, um, it's always about the next buck for sometimes and that's not good. Yeah. Especially if you're hun- a hunter. What? See what I just said there? Uh, ah, the next buck. Uh, sorry, John. Oh I'm my so gosh. sorry. My values we are all messed up. We apologize for Johnny's <laughs> my values. My values are terrible. Okay, here we go. Uh, you know what? We talked a little bit about parenting. Yeah. We talked a little bit about, you know, Abraham and uh, Sarah are going to have a son. And, we, you know, obviously Abraham has Ishmael already. Yeah. And you said something that kind of did yeah. uh, hit me a little bit because I do have that. You know, we do have as parents, we feel... You know, I know that we think, oh, this is God's kid and God is really the parent, you know, and then, but we really don't believe that. I mean, we really feel like we're the ones. And you said something that that kind of hit me on Sunday was that God told Abraham to let Ishmael go. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, that doesn't seem right. You know, because like, you know, you think about even like in a divorce situation, the father should stay with, you know, should stay in their son's life or their whatever. But the reason why he said that was because he was going to take care of him. Mm -hmm. Like you could let him go. Yeah. I'm going to take care of them. What role does God have in raising <laughs> our kids? Well, okay. So this, this gets a really unique situation. Yeah, obviously. this gets really difficult. Right. Um, and, and for, you know, it's important to know that when Paul deals with this, he literally says, we, we need to understand this allegorically. That, that's in the text of scripture. Okay. So we do need to understand this allegorically, but God still did it. It doesn't change that it's history, right? That this really happened. Um, and so this is really difficult because generally speaking, we, we say things like, you know, God forbid, and, uh, you know, divorce happens, right? And then you've got two parents. And ideally we say things like both parents need to be in the kids' lives and things like that. But there are times when that's not true. I mean, I want you, you know, it, it's not like it's a rule that is 100% true all the time, right? I mean, what if you have an abusive dad or mom, right? Well, then we all recognize, oh, well, they shouldn't be involved. I'm not saying Abraham was abusive, but, um, I'm just saying there are exceptions to the, to the general rule. And, and I think that ideally, you know, we, we ought not be abandoning our kids and claiming God told us to do that and that kind of thing. Um, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, to, to think that way scripture as a whole tells us, you know, teaches, you know, holds children in a much higher regard, especially in the first century and how Jesus treated them than the common culture at the time did. And the accountability to lead them well. Right. And so, and so, and so I want to recognize that, but but God did say, and, and also recognizing that Ishmael in that time, in that culture, Ishmael was basically, you know, he was, he was, he was almost an adult. He's 14 years old, which to okay. me, I look at Joe and I go, he's only a year away. He's different only, culture. he's almost 14. I'm like, yeah. holy crud, no ways, you know, but different culture, different time, that kind of stuff. Right. And so, and so there was a sense of letting him go. Um, but, but God didn't let him go when he was two, didn't tell Abraham to let him go when he was two or five or 10, right? It was his four, he's 14. And, and so he's, he's almost an adult. It's different. Um, and God said, I will take care of him. God literally said that he, he said, I'm going to, you know, Abraham, let it, I got it. Yeah. So, so there's a difference, right? And so I think it's, it's an exception to the rule. We ought not just be abandoning you know, uh, kids and, 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 uh, ex-wives and things like that to let them, you know, 
be destitute and that's, that's not right. And that's not good. And there's actually laws in the old Testament Leviticus that talk about uh, how to care for, for, you know, women who have been divorced and women who are widows and things like that and children. So there's, there's laws in the old Testament, even about that in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. So, so we want to recognize that that's really, really important. Um, but there is a sense in which we need to let go sometimes. And, and I think, and I think, um, like the prodigal son, even the, too. Yeah, the degree. prodigal son, right? He let him go. He wanted to go off on his own. He let him go. Uh, it, it, I'm, I'm a, you know, you look back and the scripture indicates things were not good in the household. There were problems. You know, you had Sarah and Isaac and 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 um, Hagar and Ishmael, and they were pitted against each other, and there was conflict, and there was, uh, you know anger and resentment and all these things going on. And so, and so God's going, this is not good. I will take care of Hagar and Ishmael. And then we look back and we want to go, well, that's not how we think God should have done it, but God did it for a reason. And God blessed Ishmael, made him many nations as well. Um, and so there's, there's a blessing that went along with that, but it wasn't Abraham who was going to be able to do that. It was only God. Mm. You know, I think you hit two things on the head. Number one, that he was Essentially an adult at that time. Yeah. It wasn't like he was, like you said, two. I mean, he was 14, yeah. which to us is still young, but to them, I mean, they're marrying. Yeah, he better be working and, and providing. There's no school to go to for him. Exactly. And then the other thing, too, I think what you what you said kind of ties back to our original point is, you know, we make problems. This yeah. isn't God's problem. You know, he didn't he didn't create this issue. Right. You know, he, they went against his plan. Um, he had a certain specific thing he had in, intended for them. But they created a problem, and God didn't abandon them in a problem in their problem. Right, He came alongside them and and kind of adapted. All right, here's you. You did this. We have a situation here. It's not good. Here's how I'm gonna fix it. Here's how I'm gonna help you. And yeah. what a beautiful thing. Yeah, you know, not even the fact that God. Like, I don't even get hung up on that. God said it's okay. I'll take care of him. But the, just the reality that God came and sat in the problem and said, you know what, I'm going to take it. And I think he does that with us a lot. Yeah. You know, we might have consequences to our sin, but there's nothing more beautiful than the fact that when we don't feel like God, you know, we sin against God and we sin yeah. against others and we have this huge mess and huge problem. And the last person that should ever come near this mess is God. And he says, no, I got, I'll help you. Yeah. I'm going to take care of this for you. You know, um, and he entered into the mess he literally did. in physical form in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then yeah. it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. So um, I just love that, you know, and just, and there's trusting that God does care about our kids. You know, he cares about our kids. He wants to, he desires that they grow up and, and know him and love him. And, they, and he wants to co-parent with us essentially. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, we're kind of wrapping it up, John. Do you have any um, suggestions, resources? I know you mentioned Galatians 5. Yeah, I think it would be really good to, to read Galatians 5, 4 and 5, really, actually both, um, 4 and 5. And I think I actually took scripture from Galatians 4 on Sunday, not Galatians 5. But um, but but reading Galatians 4 and 5 would be super helpful in, in giving a picture of how we understand this story from the New Testament. Um, but also, um, you know, and, and I mentioned a couple other things. It, it would be good and kind of for different reasons, the, the you know, mentioned a couple of resources regarding uh, parenting and when helping hurts and when those will be in the show description as well. So, okay. Well, if you have any questions at all, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Just go ahead and uh, email us at podcast at gfol.org. Uh, we'll uh, definitely 
um, give you a little mention and then talk about that and hopefully be able to answer your questions. Yeah. And you can, you can always give us a positive review on whatever your podcast, uh, streaming service is rate us highly. If you're going to rate us low, just don't like, just stop yeah, listening. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, if, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't like it, just stop listening. Yeah. Don't give us a low rating. It's, sometimes you, it's okay to lie. Just <laughs> rate us high. No, you know? no, 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 no. But otherwise just give us a high rating. We'd, we'd love that. That'd be great. Uh, so John, let's wrap this up. Uh, what's the big idea, the big takeaway for this week? Yeah. Well, I think it, it comes down to Ishmael and Isaac, right? And they, and, and we are supposed to understand that allegorically as Paul talks about. And, and sometimes, you know, Ishmael was, was Abraham and Sarah's plan and Isaac was God's plan. And so sometimes we have to give up our plans if we want God's promises. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.